What's up, RTC? This is the Career Progressions Podcast, brought to you by RevealTalent.com. I'm your career advocate, Mark Allred. You know, building the career you want is no longer about climbing the ladder of success. Technology and the speed of information have made advancing in your career like climbing a rock wall. Our podcast focuses on the stories of career pros and experts who have climbed before you. What they share will help you find the climbing holds they use to get where they are today. Their stories will help you be proactive, be intentional, and keep moving forward. So, why did the Great Resignation happen? A quick Google search will reveal just how many opinions there are out there about that. For me, I really think the story of the Great Resignation is kind of like the movie Shrek. You remember Shrek, right? The story of the ogre who inadvertently released the princess from the spell she was under. Well, as it relates to the Great Resignation, COVID-19 in many ways was the ogre the unlikely hero who woke up the working world from the spell of busyness. Think about it. COVID-19 paused everything and sent everyone home. And in those days, the busyness that kept everyone's nose to the grindstone stopped. In the silence that ensued came clarity. And with that clarity, for many, came the thought, I really don't like my work. And with that thought came the inevitable question, now what? You know, the dangers of employees living with a now what mentality is not reacting and jumping carelessly to a worse working environment. The danger for employers living in a now what culture is waiting too long to adjust so they don't lose their best people. We are all, we are indeed in a new world of work. The narrative has changed and we're going to need to learn to speak a new language. Well, to help us do that, I've invited coach and international speaker Tracy Hooper to help us say hello to this new world of work. We're going to discuss some of the insights from her new book, The New Hello, what to say and what to do in the new world of work. So, Hello, Tracy. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Hello to you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you. So, hey, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing the last several years and what, what inspired you to write this book. And I know we've also got another book coming, so I'm excited to talk about that. Yes, thank you. Well, the last several years has been all about the Confidence Project. I uh, meet with corporate teams and individuals. Uh, when I work with groups, it's in big settings, in auditoriums, in large hotel conference rooms and so forth. And that was all going great until COVID-19. Until, right. Until COVID-19. And then all of a sudden, all of my contracts and opportunities uh, disintegrated mm. because people were, as you said in, at the beginning, were sent home to work. And I thought, how am I going to <laughs> work yeah. with people now? And so the past two years have really been adjusting to the new world of work, having all the work that I do now virtual. And secondly, helping corporate teams and individuals to practice skills on how to be brave and confident in the new world of work. Mm. And that's why I wrote the book. It really was a response to COVID because people were thinking, what do I do next? Yeah. How can I stay confident? in this new world of work. 
You know, and I've spent some time with your book, and in your introduction, you introduced 17 questions that your clients were looking for answers to in the wake of all this COVID-19 nonsense. They still, all those questions are really very relevant to today. So can you talk a little bit about some of those questions and how they set the table for the advice that you doled out in the book? Well, first of all, thank you for counting the number of questions. You are welcome. I I am nothing if not thorough, Tracy. (laughs) Well-researched. Um, Yeah, so here's what people were asking me. How do I show my ROI when I work from home? What can I do to look confident when I'm presenting on video calls? Mm. How can I get my team to turn on their camera so we have some semblance of of a normal staff meeting? How do I keep my team in good spirits? And on and on and on. And the through line for all of these questions, Mark, is that we all wanted to feel connected Mm -hmm. and still do. We want to feel competent in our job. And we want to take care of ourselves. People were saying, how do I greet people when I have to be six feet apart? Mm. How can I continue to really connect with people and network online? We want to feel connected. And by the way, there was a great ad in this morning's Wall Street Journal. It's a Wall Street Journal women community, half page ad, big, bold letters, connections make careers. I know. I thought this was perfect for our conversation. You know, we, the, the quote here is, we all go farther together. We have to have community. We want to connect with trusted peers, industry leaders. We want to share insights and resources to advance our careers. I wish I had written that, Connections Me Make too. Careers. But that's what we're looking for. So how do we stay connected in, in the new world of work? On Zoom calls, which everyone, or its equivalent, which everyone is dealing with now, it's all about camera confidence. Yeah. How can yeah. I ha- make a good first impression? What's my posture look like? Even on camera. And by the way, conf- um, posture is the unsung hero of confidence. You can have good posture on your video calls or in person at a meeting or a conference and not even open your mouth and it speaks confidence for you. Plus it makes you look taller and, and more fit. And helps get rid of tension, headaches, and low back pain just by having good posture. <laughs> of course, you know it's so funny. And thankfully, you know we're we're on radio, not TV. When you <laughs> when you said slouching, I found myself sitting up straight. So it's uh, right here. Exactly. On our, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Well, we do spend a lot of time hunched over our devices. In yeah. fact, several years ago, I was working on the Facebook campus, and of course, it was it's huge. It has twenty buildings. And the largest of which has a nine acre rooftop park. Mm. And uh, among all the buildings on campus, it had the Facebook store. And there were 10,000 people working on campus at the time. And I walked into the Facebook store and everything was logoed with the thumbs up. And I noticed this device in a box and it was called Your Posture Coach. And I thought, who buys that thing? (laughs) Who would buy? And I looked at it. The tagline is, you slouch. It vibrates. <laughs> and there's a device that you put right on your collarbone, on the shirt or the sweater that you're wearing by your collarbone. And every yeah. time you slouch, it gives you a slight buzz. And I thought, I said to the woman at the, at the desk, so who buys this? And she said, oh, it's one of the most popular items in our store. Wow. <laughs> so we're worried about our posture. So posture is one of those first impressions, either on camera or in person, that you can, that you can tweak right away. True. What, what about our body language? Are, are our arms folded or are they open? 
what kind of eye contact do we make on video calls? And I'll talk about this later, but the whole idea of looking into that camera is essential. Yeah. The tendency is to look down at the screen because we're we want to get feedback from the people we're talking to and we see their picture on the monitor. But when you look into that camera, it really makes people feel like you are across the table from them. Yeah. And in person, if it's a little bit tricky for you to look someone in the eye, just look at the bridge of their nose. Yep. It's a great fake. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny you mentioned eye contact. You know, I think to some degree, COVID helped me with that because when I'm out and about, I always felt like one of the great things I'd bring to an interaction was my smile. I always mm. smile at people. And and whenever we were out and we had our we had our masks on, I can't do that anymore. And I really think I got a whole lot better at eye contact because I had to do that just to compensate. So yes, very important. Very important. That's a great, that's a great takeaway from all of the past couple of years. Yeah. And we also, to stay connected with people, either in person or online, we have to be mindful of those unconscious distractions that, of course, we don't think about. Mm. Now, hiring managers tell us the top three distractions are, any any guesses? I'm putting you on the spot, Mark. Man, let's see, top three distractions. Um, yes, when they're interviewing people, what are the top three distractions? Um. You know, I think, well, one, I thought the eye contact or just not being engaged in some way. Uh, I yeah. don't know how that translates. Yeah, that's up there. The, the, here are the top three. Number one, playing with your hair. Uh, okay. <laughs> there's a lot of pruning going on. And of course, with pandemic beards, there's a lot of tugging on the beards uh -huh. and fluffing ourselves. That's number one. And when we're nervous, we do this. We play with our hair. We adjust our glasses. That's the number two distraction. Interesting. Uh, we, you know, it just gives us a little something to do. And I always say to people, if that is your tendency, go to your optometrist and make sure your glasses fit right, where huh. the frames are good snug on your nose. Yeah. And number three, the number three distraction is using the word like. Huh. Like it was like, like the best podcast ever. I mean, I'm exaggerating to make a point, yeah. but we use these words yeah. and we don't think about them. I'm, I'm going to be paranoid about saying that for the rest of the show. <laughs> you understand that now, but here's what I'm learning from that. But so if I'm a bald guy with good eyesight, I'll only have to figure out the like thing and I'm good. <laughs> right. So that's good. You are spot on. Oh that's exactly gosh. right. But that also brings me to the whole idea of how we deal with each other on deal with each other on camera. Yeah. You know, if you are a bald guy, you need to be mindful of the lighting that you have uh, in your space. Very we'll true. talk about that later. Very true. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's great. Great insight. I mean, obviously, you've got to think about the little things that shows up. We um, we actually do a, an interview course that's a part of our career pro pathway and the stuff that we do. And a lot of that we do with um, with graduates who are having a tough time making that transition out of school. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we talk about those things in the interview course, uh, just the little things about getting your background right. Uh, you know, I, I've just been amazed at so many things people will have going on in their background that, that can be very distracting in an interview. And then, you know, get yourself centered on the screen. It's amazing. I'll, I'll get some folks who all you can see is their nose up. I have no idea what they're doing, <laughs> but it's, but it's the simple things that can make a big difference and it, and they have to be prepared and practiced. Yes. Exactly. So. Exactly. And with regard to the, the simple techniques of being on camera at this point, there's no excuse not to have a good background. You can yeah. blur your background. 
uh, on Microsoft Teams, they give you static photos that you can use so you don't need a green screen. But if you do want a green screen to give you a variety of backgrounds, mm -hmm. they're inexpensive. Right. You can get portable ones that you can fold up or twist up into a, a, a light carrying case. And I think the time is now to invest in these items that really help us project confidence and competence. We don't want people be, to be distracted by what's not there or what is there. Bad yeah. lighting. There's no, they're all, I mean, I have a ring light because yep. I have a lot of light coming in from a big window in my office, but then I have no window and no light on the other side. So I have a ring light to balance it out. Smart. But yeah. and these are all techniques that people can can learn. And, and it's all on YouTube. You can get yes. all kinds of ideas to make your home office really more professional on YouTube. You know, you're exactly right. And I, and it is amazing in the YouTube culture. I mean, just about anything you need to learn. And that's one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, just like you're talking about with your light. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of people can make excuses and, and, and maybe even start off their calls. Hey, I'm sorry you can't see me because right. I got this. Go well, you know. Don't, don't make an excuse for it. Fix it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's... I would also say that it, it's not a huge expense, but it makes a big impact if you can get an external camera. Hmm. The cameras on our, on our laptops were not made to be Zooming and doing video yeah. calls and webinars all day, every day. They weren't. And they're getting better, for sure. Yep. But if you have an external camera, the audio and the video is clearly more advanced. And that, again, projects confidence that you're investing in your professional equipment that you need to do your job. Yeah. And, you know, and here's the thing. If if you're still that person out there who's who still struggles to turn your camera on for meetings or or whatever, you know what? It's time to let that go. I remember before COVID and, and uh, well before COVID, I remember when the technology first started. Uh, I do calls with my team and I'd really encourage them to turn their cameras on and nobody wanted to. Uh, right. But those days are over. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's such an important part of of connecting, and and that's just a part of the new world of work. Now, hey, I, I want to go back a little bit because one of the questions uh, I was curious about asking about was uh, in your book, you give a really cool definition of the new world of work that provides some really good advice to leaders and employees who are kind of living in that culture. Can do you remember that definition? Can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, I do. Essentially, the new world of work is about a mindset and a skill set. The mindset is we need to be flexible with ourselves mm. and each other. We need to be patient with ourselves and each other. You know, the dog runs out the door, the babysitter's late, the person is using his leaf blower and making a lot of noise. We need to be patient and flexible yeah. with ourselves and other people. And we need to be empathetic because we have been living in a global pandemic. This is a big deal. Yeah, That's is. the mindset part. And the, the skill set really is no matter whether you're returning to the office or you're remote, fully remote, or you're hybrid, the, the skill set is practicing techniques and pro tips that I will teach you all that are in the book from my time in the trenches. And we've all had trenches of being in one kind of work or another. But the good news about confidence and this mindset and skill set piece is that and this is the big mystery, unsolved. Yeah. Confidence can be learned. Yep. There is a part of it that's in our genes, that's a part of the personality we were born with, but the rest of confidence comes from taking action. 
I always say, take action, make mistakes, adjust, refine, repeat Hmm. over and over and over again. Like you're building a muscle, like an athlete who watches their game tape to see what they did wrong. Then they can tweak it the next time. And that's the beauty of the confidence skills that we teach. You can practice these. And with time, it's like building a muscle. It'll become second nature. And then that will lower your anxiety so that you will begin to then trust yourself to feel equally at ease in the boardroom, in the lunchroom, in a, in a networking room, or in an elevator, wherever yep. you find yourself. And that's the exciting part. You can learn this. People say, oh, they're just born with a great personality. Well, everybody does have a personality. But the good news is that these skills are ones that everybody can learn. And it's a non, uh, how do I say this? It's an equal opportunity project. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you went to school or what your parents did or what your, what your title is now. These are skills that everybody can learn and that people are hungry for because confidence is contagious. When you're around a confident person, it, it elevates you. It elevates everyone in the room. And I'm not talking about cocky. Yes. People often say to me, well, what's the difference between cocky and confident? And I always give this example. I was working with a terrific guy who had a brilliant career uh, with a large international sports company. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, so tell me about you. And he said, well, I am, I'm an expert at leading large global teams. And I thought, how wonderful mm-hmm. that he could say that without hedging or feeling as if he had to uh, step back and say, well, to tell you the truth, it's not that big a deal, but right. I'm an expert at leading large global teams. And I love the way he said that with a neutral tone of voice, a pleasant expression on his face. And then that made me want to get to know him more. Yeah. So if you present yourself with that kind of confidence, it elevates everyone. I mean, confidence is is huge, but it, you know, I think the road to becoming more confidence is 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 getting uncomfortable. It's funny I, that career pro pathway I was talking about uh, the coaching stuff we do. By far, the the coaching session that people struggle with the most is the interview stuff, and the reason is that that you know we we do role playing and we we do an, an actual interview. We also do an autonomous interview where it's a one-way deal, and that's very intimidating. And people mm-hmm. people don't want to do that. But you know what? I think getting the opportunity to do that kind of practice and to be able to watch it. You mentioned earlier athletes watching themselves and mm-hmm. seeing where they can improve. Well, we can do that. And, it, you know, and again, it's uncomfortable. Nobody likes to see where you're messing up. But how are you going to fix it if you don't? Precisely. And I believe once you hear the words come out of your mouth, then you know you can say them again. Yeah. I like the way you say that. Yes. Yes, you can. You can confidently say that you can say them again. <laughs> yes, indeed. Right. Well, hey, earlier you mentioned pro tips, and, and that's a big deal for us. We uh, we always talk about the career pro tip. I put one out every week. And I think my favorite of your pro tips that you gave in the book um, was from the chapter on the words we use and mm-hmm. lose, which was a great play on words. Love that. Uh, mm-hmm. In this new world, you suggested asking a trusted friend to record a conversation so that you can hear some of the weak words you use in your every everyday conversations. So here's what I'm curious about, because uh, I'm sure you, you've just done a lot of research on this stuff. Uh, what, what are some of the most common weak words that people tend to use the most? 
Well, we all know fillers, don't we? <laughs> we know like, and I didn't. I <laughs> haven't like. said like yet, just so you know. You well, haven't. I just did. Never mind. <laughs> this here's what I will begin with, you all. Remember that I'm not telling everybody to lose these words forever. Hmm. I'm asking people to be mindful of overusing them because that's when they sound not as strong. All right, fillers. We all know fillers. Uh, hmm. um, like you know, but how about the word stuff? How often have you heard someone say, I know my stuff? Yep. And I think, huh, that's not very specific. What do you know? Do you know your data? Do you know your project? Do you know the background? Uh, what about, this is a new one that I've heard, Mark. Uh, if it, every, I hear people often say, go ahead and. Go ahead uh-huh. and call me when you're ready. Go ahead and make the reservation. Go ahead and start the meeting. That is one of those trendy throwaway lines that we don't need. Hmm. And it makes us sound like everyone else. We want to be distinctive. You want to be yourself, of course. Yes. But you want to be distinctive with your language. Whatever. That's a big one. You can't think of something to say, oh, whatever. <laughs> thing. How about the word thing? If, and here's what I'll ask you. The thing is, we need to focus on every little thing. Here's the thing. What is a thing? Is it a goal? Is it a challenge? Is it a project? Is it an idea? The more specific you can be with your language, the stronger your language is. Instead of saying the thing is, you could say the goal is, or here's the thing. Here's the problem. Here's the issue. Here's what I'm thinking about. Right. Specificity creates strength. And then this is my weak word. And you can count these from the rest of our from our conversation. My weak word is of the filler group is so. Hmm. So the next time, so I was thinking, so if you want to get ahead, it's one of those wind up words that we, so I started talking at the beginning and now we get into this long conversation or it's a transition word. We're trying to think about what we're going to say and we throw in the word so to keep the conversation or to keep our thought moving forward. And I never knew this was an issue for me until I was on a talk show here in Portland, Oregon, where I live. And the producer had sent me, uh, we talked about the, the topic and I'd sent the producer a list of questions and I was practicing about a week ahead of time. And this is something I'll encourage your, your listeners to do yeah. is, to, is to put your iPhone on or your cell phone on the sh- shelf and press record button. I call it a shelfie. A shelfie. <laughs> and I was practicing the answers And in the course of a six-minute mock interview between my cell and me, I used the word so 13 times. Wow. I had no idea that that was a word that I was overusing. Thank goodness I had recorded myself because then I did what I also recommend people do, not only to record yourself, but to practice the power of pause. If you know you have a weak word in your repertoire, it, it will take 30 days to lose it. You'll have to consciously not use that word for 30 days. That's what psychologists tell us it takes us to break a habit or to start a new good one. And then practice pause. So instead of saying, so I said to my client, I could say, I said to my client, mm. it's a powerful technique. Comedians use it all the time. Right before they deliver a punchline, they pause. And get that, that attention. Gets, that gets our attention. 
that's a big filler. Those are so fillers. We all know the fillers. Okay, Mark, you can count my so's from now on. I'm full transparency. I, I have a threshold. I'd like to go underneath that. Well, I tell you, that's funny, Tracy. I, I'm a so guy myself. In fact, uh, and I've got all these podcasts recorded. I need to go back and listen to all of them because I'll bet you I'm well in the hundreds on the so. I've got, it, it, yeah, I've got it written into questions. Right. So right, now, right. oh, right. Yeah. That's right, because it is a transition word. You can yeah. think you can use therefore, yep. or you can you can pause. Let's move on to hedges. Hedges yeah. are as another group of words. These, according to linguists, are those small, sneaky add-on words that we use to sound humble or modest. Words such as just. Have you heard people use the word just? Yes. Tell me how you might hear that. Well, just the other day, I yeah. heard somebody say that. Exactly. Or, I'm just checking back. Yeah. I'm just checking in. I'm just wondering if. I'm just wondering if it's like a soft nudge that you want to make sure if you're... I'm just wondering if you've had a chance to look at the data, look at my project. That does not... That doesn't make you sound strong. In fact, it makes us sound hesitant. I was... My husband and I used to live down the street from our gym. And in the morning, I would typically go. It was dark. It was two blocks away. And one day I was coming back from the gym and I walked across the street. And when I got to the other side, I heard this voice say, hello, hello. And I turned around and this guy said, you know, it's really dark out here and you're wearing all black and it's hard to see you. You should get one of those reflector vests. And I said, oh, thank you very much. I'll do that. And then he said, just saying. <laughs> I love just saying. <laughs> And I thought, oh, my gosh, he did not need to justify what he said. <laughs> he could have saved my life because yeah. ever since then, when I walk at dawn or dusk, I wear a reflector vest. We don't need to justify what we're saying. Just is a big one. So kind how do you of, replace it? What's the well, nice replacement well, for that? A replacement for that, Mark, is a pause. Mm. In other words, instead of saying, I'm just checking in, you could say, I'm checking in. I'm just a little concerned about, I'm concerned about. Hmm. It, it, it takes practice and it takes discipline. Here's some more. I kind of, I kind of think we should go in a different direction. I'm a little bit concerned about versus I'm concerned about. Right. I almost think I'm ready for more responsibility. Really? And if those you are, say it. Yeah, and those are all words that directly rob our confidence, right? I mean, because when I hear you say those words, they're all laced with this sense of insecurity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like the sound of that. And and I'm Here's hoping another one. Oh, forgive me. No, that's okay. I'm hoping, folks. Um, you know, particularly who've got interviews coming up and things that this is this is where you really want to be on your game with these things. So I'm hoping they're hearing that. Yeah, me too. How about this one? Pretty. I'm a pretty skilled negotiator. I'm pretty prepared for this interview. I'm pretty sure I did a good job. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's it's not confident. Extremely popular in our culture. It is. And again, just lose that word. Just listen to me. Simply <laughs> use that word. <laughs> I know this is like the cobbler's children have no shoes. I always catch myself with these words as well. Here's another one of the hedges, and then we'll move on. The word lucky. Yeah. Lucky. I was really lucky to get that interview. I was really lucky that I got that promotion. No, you weren't lucky. You were right. prepared. 
you had done the hard work. I, I love this uh, quote from Shonda Rhimes. She is, you know, the gorgeous um, American uh, writer and TV producer for uh, Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice and Scandal and Bridgerton. And she says this, I am not lucky. You know what I am? I am smart. I am talented. I take advantage of opportunities that come my way and I work really, really hard. Don't call me lucky. Hmm. Boy, that's a strong statement for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hey, luck is finding a primo parking spot or winning the lottery. Right. <laughs> it's not who you are. Uh, disclaimers is the next group of words that are fascinating. And disclaimers are words that we use if uh, we, we if we want to sound humble or if we if we want to sound like we don't want to brag. Right. We might say something like, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, why would we ask someone to correct us before we even started talking? <laughs> you know, it's a very important, it's an interesting yes. point. Or you've been doing this a lot longer. Well, that may be true, but you could bring a fresh idea right. to the presentation. Or what do I know? You know plenty. <laughs> Trust your experience and your success. Here's another one. Jump in if you think I'm missing something. Mm. We don't need to ask someone to find something that's missing. There are different ways of asking that. And I'll give you one more. Uh, this may sound like a crazy idea. <laughs> We've heard it all the time. That's called brainstorming. Ideas yeah. are good. So I have some ways, words to use that can replace some of those words to lose. Instead of saying, correct me if I'm wrong, you could say, let me know if I heard this correctly. Uh, instead of saying, you've been doing this a lot longer, you could say, in my experience. Yeah. Or, what, what do I know? Or I could be way off base here. That's a disclaimer. A words to use are, here's my perspective. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Um, jump in if you think I'm missing something. Here are a lot of options. You could say, I'd like to hear your thoughts after I present my idea. Or here's what I'm thinking. Tell me, what, tell me if you agree with it. Or feel free to add any additional details or steps. We're inviting the conversation, but we're not putting ourselves down by saying, jump in if you think I'm missing something. Yeah. Makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference. And, mm -hmm. you know, and again, I love the intentionality of, of planning and thinking through those words. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I, I want to encourage all of you to be kind to yourself. We speak a certain way because it's a habit. We're used to speaking a certain way. We generally don't get feedback about the way we speak. So we continue doing it. It's comfortable. Or it's a part of our popular culture. If we hear a word, a phrase in our culture, we tend to, we tend to repeat it because we want to fit in. We want to belong. We want to feel like we're just like everybody else. We don't want to be standing out too much from the crowd. Or it could be part of our own culture. If we've, been, if we've heard these words growing up as children, and and then that's what we know. Yeah. And we tend to we tend to say that. I will tell you, if you do feel like you need a setup phrase, instead yeah. of saying this is a stupid question or this is just my two cents or this is a crazy idea, if you feel like you need a setup phrase, you can steal my mother's. My mother huh. has the greatest line, and she'll say, This thought is 30 seconds old. <laughs> <laughs> 
She knows it's not fully formed, yeah. but she has enough confidence to throw it out there and see where it lands. This thought is 30 seconds old. Your it mother, works like a charm. Your mother is a wise lady. <laughs> yes, she is. Oh. May I offer one more? You sure may. Yes, please. Great. The next group are called validators. Okay. And validators are words that we use because we want to try to get buy-in from the audience, whether it's one or a hundred people. We want to make sure people are following along, that they get what we're talking about. Therefore, we tend to say phrases like, is that okay? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you see what I'm saying? Am I being clear? Does that make sense? We ask all these questions because we want to make sure people are following along, but they don't make us sound strong. Now, context is key. If you ask someone, I was working in a big law firm here in town, and one of the senior partners said, look, we're in family law. We're dealing with divorce and alimony and child support and banks and trusts and estates, and it's complicated and it's emotional. Sometimes I say to my clients, does that make sense or am I being clear? And of course, you all know your industry. You may need to say that, but you could also say, instead of saying, does that make sense? You could say, do you have any questions? Yeah. Instead of saying, am I being clear? You could say, do I need to clarify anything? Or let me know if I need to clarify something for you. It's a stronger way of getting the same point across and, and, and helping people believe that you have the confidence that you know you have. Yeah, You're prepared for this interview or for this job opportunity, but you need to use the words that, that correspond with it. You know, and, it's, and they're subtle changes, but mm-hmm. they're, they stand out enough that I think it really does spotlight a higher level of confidence. So I really appreciate how you bring this up. Uh, for our audience today. I mean, there's some really good keys here. Okay. Well, Tracy, so the thing is, and, (laughs) and correct me if I'm wrong, it's that time of the show where I ask you to get a little vulnerable and I'll, I'll try to do it in a more powerful way here. You know that towards the end, I always ask my guests that they'd like to get a little vulnerable and, and share something that has been difficult along their career journey. So I'm wondering What's been the most difficult thing for you in this new world of work? I thought about this a lot, and I referenced it at the beginning of our conversation that I had been building the Confidence Project for seven years, and it was always in person. I did have clients around the country who I would have one-on-one advising with, but for the most part, it was rooms filled with people moving around, practicing these skills. and when. When COVID hit, I thought, I don't think I, I don't think I, what's going to happen to this business? Right. I don't think I can go on. How am I going to do this? And that was a terrifying moment. And I really, I have to say, I had to practice speaking sweetly to myself. Hmm. That would be one recommendation I would make to your listeners and to your to your uh, clients is to speak to yourself sweetly i would say to myself you know as all these contracts were being canceled and postponed and put on hold indefinitely and i there was no income coming in i kept saying tracy you you're doing a good job yeah just keep going keep contacting people and i, I and i i will also say that 
I, I had a business coach and still do at the time. And there, I could have said, I can't work with you anymore because yeah. I can't afford you. And I didn't, we, we kept going. And that made all the difference. When you think you can't afford something that's valuable, like the coaching that you offer your clients, yeah. that's the time you need to double down and get that support. And, yeah. and that helped an awful lot. And, and in the, in the process, I wrote the book and, and that's been, that was a way for me to bring the confidence project to more people who I wouldn't have reached typically. Yeah. And, you know, and, and one, thank you for, you know, a, a very vulnerable explanation of this, the tough time for you with this. That's, uh, it is hard. It is difficult. And I know uh, for anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while, they know I'm a man of faith. And I, I certainly rely on that a lot to get me through things. And, you know, with great respect for folks who may not be there, hey, get yourself somewhere where you have an awareness of how you bring value and how you were made. And, and live in that space and have grace for yourself in that space and, and just and learn how to adjust but stay true to those things that make you are you who you are. I mean, because, Tracy, whether you're in front of a big audience or here with us on a podcast or uh, on a Zoom, it, you've got some very specific skills that you've so graciously shared with folks through one book and now coming soon, too. And I'm, I'm sure that's how you made it through that, uh, that little space between. Oh, very much. And I am a woman of faith as well. And I found myself saying a lot, just lead me. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going right now, but I need something bigger than me to lead the way. And there were little sparks of grace you know, some, someone would email me who I hadn't heard from in a yeah. long time. And I thought, Oh my gosh, really an old client. Yes. I'm still in business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. You know, we would get those little pops of, of Atta girls. And I would say one of the, one of the techniques I have Mark is I have a folder, a physical folder, and it's called my Atta girl folder. Yeah. And it has, it has letters that people have written and emails that I have printed out that that I read when I feel like I'm struggling, but you know, that business isn't as good as I want, or I'm not as busy as I need to be, or someone didn't like something I said. Yeah. You know, um, I I go to that Add a Girl folder, and I would encourage people to have that and remember all the the good and worthy work you are doing that people have recognized. So important to remember that. Uh, I kept a journal through the transition in my life, and uh, it's good to go back and see all the good things that happened with all the scary things. Uh, it, it's it's just important to keep yourself nurtured in that way. So, and I loved your, your comment too about you know when things happen, sometimes the right person comes up at the right time, and I believe in those moments, and that's truly one of the reasons I started this podcast because I feel like you know a guest like you is going to come on this show and is going to talk about the wonderful things you've talked about today, and it's just going to speak to somebody, and they're going to have this thought. Well, I was just thinking about this kind of this was perfect timing. Now, yeah, could have been. I think it's something bigger than that. But, um, well, and you know, I appreciate you being here, Tracy. And I want to leave a little bit of time here because I want to hear more about this book, if you'd be willing to share a little bit more about what's coming and anything else you want to talk about there. Great. Thank you. Well, the new hello was in response to the pandemic, and it does include, as you know, Mark, uh, several 
parts of the book are around evergreen ideas. How do you network with people? How do you end a conversation? How do you get out of a conversation with confidence? How do you start a conversation with confidence? Uh, but, but then after the book was published in January of 2021, the world continued to move at mock speed. Yes, it we, did. Got, we got a vaccine and people were starting to return to work and then they weren't and hybrid and all this remote and this craziness that we're living in. And I thought, I really need to have a follow on book, which I'm calling the now hello. What do we say and what do we do now? in the in the world of work and that will be published in uh may of 2022 may wow right around the corner right around the corner and i'm i'm thrilled about it because it's it's very robust i have a a new chapter called confident conversations which is how do you start a conversation with someone and how do you keep it going and as you know mark from reading the new hello It's this is what you say. You can say this. You can say that, because sometimes we need a paint by numbers. If someone isn't comfortable at a networking event or meeting people when you've just started a new job, then you need some idea of how you can get it going. And I have another chapter called the hybrid highway. How are we working and living in this hybrid Hmm. way of of being not only for leaders, but for but for their teams as well? And the the um, whole section on on um, networking is very robust. I'm very excited about that particular chapter. So that's coming out soon. And then I'm going to take the words to lose, words to use chapters, and make a mini book out of that. Oh, nice. And that will be available this summer. It will be a pocket guide for people to keep in their briefcase or close with them and just open it up and say, what can I say instead of, do you know what I mean? Yeah, we'll make it would make a fine app. That's that would be wonderful. Ooh. So a thought for you. Yes, the words to use and lose app. I love that. You Thank heard, you. I'm you heard it right down. here, folks. Beautiful <laughs> tool to have right there in your phone. How convenient would that be? Yes. Well, and and Tracy, I tell you, I am a, I am I'm a really lucky guy that I get to have folks like yourself on the show and and are here not only to share wisdom with the, the listeners, but to just be able to create relationships and and uh, have a platform where folks can bring the kind of help that you bring in the work that you're doing. And I'm so glad you stayed confident in your transition and and now are continuing to do great work in a very different way. Uh, we're happy to say hello to your new approach. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I will tell you, confidence comes and goes. Yes. And, you know, we're not always confident. I think that's a misnomer. We do the best we can when we have language that supports our, our worth, when we have posture and how we carry ourselves. That supports our confidence. And yep. then for the rest of the time, we do the best we can. I tell people all the time, some days you're going to come home feeling like a champ and other days like a chump. And that's mm-hmm. just a part of the human condition. That's a part of life. And you just need to show grace for yourself on those chump days and stay humble on those champ days. Yes. <laughs> and that's where the sweet talk comes in. You're doing such a good job. Keep going. That's, that's what I say. Keep going. Keep, keep going. going. Well, thank you. Hey, and I, I hope many great things happen for you in the future. Thank you for sharing your time here and best of luck with the new book. I, mean, I know it'll be a great tool for a lot of folks. Thank you so much, Mark. So the thing is, do you consider yourself a confident person? If not, would you like to? If you would, 
I hope you picked up some simple tweaks you can use to get yourself on the road to greater confidence. As Tracy confidently said, confidence can be a learned behavior, but you're going to need to be willing to allow yourself to be a little uncomfortable to get there. If you like help doing that, we're extending a hand to you. Just go out to revealtalent.com and let's build your confidence together.